on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Hater ready to work. He's at the belt. Here's the stretch. The 1-2. A swing and a miss. Narvaez blocks, throws to first. Peterson touches the bag. Ball game over. It's a combined no-hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns and Josh Hader do the job here in Cleveland. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Foley. Has your heart rate stopped yet? Started to slow down, eased up a little bit? Wow. Second no-hitter in Brewers team history. First combined no-hitter in Brewers team history. Corbin Burns does something that only one other player in the history of the organization had ever done, and that's throw at least... Uh, eight innings and not give up a hit. Juan Nieves is the only other one who threw the nine-inning no-hitter back in 1987. Burns, one of just three pitchers in club history to not give up a hit through eight innings. The other two, other than Nieves, came back to uh, they ended up giving up a hit in the ninth inning. Brewers pitchers who have not given up a hit throwing at least six innings. Nieves, Burns, Adrian Hauser earlier this year, Ben McDonald, Jordan Lyles, that's the list. We got all kinds of crazy numbers from this one. We are going to be with you for a while, taking you all the way till 10 o'clock as we talk about Corbin Burns and Josh Hader combining to throw a no-hitter for the Brewers tonight. The, the floor is open. Call, text, tweet. We're taking your phone calls. We're taking your texts. We're taking your tweets. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Here's what I want to know. We're going to throw out a few questions for you. Whichever one you really want to talk about, or if you want to talk about a few of them, you can kind of get in here. This is kind of like the Daniel Vogelback Grand Slam Day. I just, I just want to hear from folks. So... If you're really, really, we're gonna start with the negative one. If you're really, really angry that uh, that Burns was pulled after eight innings and didn't get the chance to throw the uh, the complete game no hitter, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll welcome those phone calls in. We'll we'll hear your point. I think I was disappointed when Burns wasn't afforded the opportunity, but I understand the uh, the decision to do it. There's a lot of people out there who simply do not understand the decision. We'll talk to you through that. Uh, that's the negative. I hope more people are focused on the positive, and that's the fact that the Brewers just threw a no-hitter. And how are you feeling about it? How excited were you? What was it like watching, listening to it, going through that entire thing, the emotions of Burns coming in and going out and Josh Hader, like everything. How are you feeling at this moment that your Milwaukee Brewers just threw a no-hitter tonight? I want to hear from you. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauly on air. I'll tell you, my heart rate was up. My, I, I've got an Apple Watch. I was watching my heart rate. It was going up and up and up. I might have even gotten some exercise credit because my heart rate got up so much. Man, that was... That's awesome. That was great. That's the, those are the moments you live for when you're watching baseball. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie, are you as fired up as me right now? I'm telling you, Matt, relax. Take a deep breath. Let's pause for a second. No, my heart was, it was going 180 beats a minute. I was so excited, and it was exactly the right move to make by Craig Council. When you think about the big picture with Corbin Burns extending himself 
seven or eight pitches before, beyond where he's ever gone before, and to go out, to allow him to go out that eighth inning just to get him in that comfort zone, come in and then have Josh Hader, uh, who's having just a sensational year, finish this game. I thought it was really special. Two special pitchers that are having very special years, giving us something to remember on a special night. It doesn't get any better than that. It was pitcher perfect. I thought Corbin Burns from pitch one was dialed in. And I liked what, what he did tonight. You know, coming into tonight, he had 43 pitch strikeouts. That's fifth best in the big leagues. Tonight, he had six in one game. Six three-pitch strikeouts. That's saying that you have pretty good command, but he used all his pitches so well tonight. I thought his breaking balls were very good, his off-speed stuff. He got ahead of hitters. He First 15 hitters, he was ahead of 11 of them. Just really in sync. And when you look at, this, look at the Cleveland Indians having been shut out two of the previous four games, you knew what Corbin Burns with good stuff could give you something special, and he certainly did. Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> Wow. I, you, you watch that thing move along, and and you said to yourself, uh, you're watching the pitch count, and he was around 70 at one point. I think that was through maybe the sixth inning, and you're thinking, it's going to... It's going to be tough because he's going to be around 90 at the end of the seventh, and you just didn't know for sure how it was going to go down. But then, um, you, what did you think, Augie? Because uh, you know, watching the game on the monitor. When when Craig Council told Corbin Burns that he wasn't coming back out for the ninth inning, it almost looked like it pained him to make that decision. Well, I, I think under any any other different scenario, any other different scenario other than what the Brewers are doing right now and what they're trying to accomplish, I think Burns goes back out there. I don't think there's any question on that. Uh, you don't have that many opportunities, and when you get the opportunity, you would like to finish the game. But I think when when you sit and you look at the what the way it pained Craig to go over to him and continue to talk to him, he talked to him after the seventh inning and then again after that eighth. It was hard for him to go over and say, I'm going to have to take you out. But at the same time, Corbin Burns is having one of those special years. You want to keep him in, keep him going in the right mode, the right routine. And I think uh, extending him the way Craig allowed him to was was good for Corbin. And at the same time, I don't think Corbin would argue. I think when he says, you know, I had that chance, and to have Josh Hader, a close friend of his, and a guy who's having a super year, it makes the nice then the evening even more special for Corbin because now he and one of his best friends and a special reliever really did something special for a organization and yet history of baseball. Augie, think about the things that Burns has already accomplished this year. Sets a major league record to start the season for most strikeouts without a walk. Has the 10 straight strikeouts in that game against the Cubs where he finished with 15 and then throws the first eight innings of a combined no-hitter tonight where he only allows one base runner. Most pitchers will never experience any of those things over their entire career. And we're talking, we can be talking about guys who play 10 plus years in the big leagues and those guys are never going to experience the things that Corbin Burns has already done three times this year. It's remarkable. I think that's really special. And, and the, I think last time we had the discussion about, you know, Hauser and, and, and Lauer and these other guys as a possible stars instead of Peralta, the top three. These top three guys have had so much great focus 
in their routine all year. I think the one thing that's so impressive is when you see these guys go out each and every game and they're they're a little bit different the way they go about it. I always call Woody the Warrior and I call I call Corbin Burns a surgeon because he, he just dials in and, and and dissects the corners. And then I give Peralta, I say he's the amusement park because he just wants to pitch and throw starts. But all three of them have a, have, do one thing. They study the game. They understand what they have to do to be successful. They know the sequences they have to do, and they go out and do it. I thought tonight, I thought one big pitch that was really good for Corbin, and we can look at his strikeouts. He had the eight of them on a cutter. I thought the curveball was big. It just seems when he's got that curveball, everything else kind of falls in place. And I just thought he was dynamic tonight, just throwing the ball very well. And, uh, you know, in walking Shaw, that happened. He just ball got away from him a little bit for one hitter. But uh, he was just dynamic all night long. All right, we're getting lots of phone calls, lots of text messages, lots of tweets. This is a night for Brewers fans, hopefully to rejoice in what was a really special night for the organization. Let's start with Mike in Fredonia. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, I want to promote the firing of Craig Council. I, I, I think it's ridiculous that you can take a guy out that how often, like you just repeated, how often does a guy get a chance? Get that far. I pitched in my career and all that stuff. Grant, it was well, Little hold on, League. Hold on, Mike, 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 stop. What was the highest level that you pitched at? I, I, I pitched in high school. Okay, then don't bring that. Don't bring that. I don't care that you pitched in but, high school. But, but right. But I just, I just I don't understand. Council takes these guys out like that for a guy to get that far along. You, know, one you eight, really want Craig Council fired? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think he's cost in the last couple of years. Really? Hey, uh, Mike, uh, wh- let me ask you, Slay, where do you think the Brewers rank in the National League in total numbers of wins since 2017? I think they're excellent. but it, it Where do you think they rank? Where, where, where do they rank? Mike, where do they rank since 2017? <laughs> where do they, where they rank? They're probably number one. They're number two. Only the Dodgers have more wins than the Brewers. And you want to fire an organization that before 2008 had barely ever been to the postseason. Since 2008, you got a couple postseason appearances, and now this team is a postseason team every single year, and you're calling up the night that they throw their second no-hitter in club history, and you're saying the manager deserves to be fired. I, do you know how crazy that sounds? Sure, it's a, I understand it. It, it is crazy. But for an individual person this year, you know, and I, I grant it, it's team. I, I understand it's team. I, that's a lot of lot of people that nowadays don't consider the team aspect of it. But I just, I, I, I think over the years, and then I can't do specifics with all that stuff. But I think the last couple of years that there's been games, one or two or three games in there that council have coached that. The pitchers could have stayed in, and, and they were doing outstanding at the time. And they give up the lead, and it's a one, two, three games where it comes down to where it really cost the Brewers. So Craig Council has won hundreds of games as the manager, and you want him gone because maybe he's cost the team 1% of those games? Uh, you can go to the Super Bowl. You can go with the World Series. What does it take to go that far? It takes a lot. 
the goal that Do you part. realize and they're I, 33 games over 500 and they've never been that? Is, Mike, I appreciate the call. Now, like, at this point, it's psychotic that I'm continuing to have this conversation with you. Um, Augie, I don't even know what to do with people like that. Well, you know, first of all, Mike, I think when you when you look at it, you got to think about the individual and what he's trying to accomplish. I think Corbin Burns is having one of those special years that a pitcher has. And, and honestly, God, I've been there, not where I've had the no-hitter. I had a shutout in in California going after eight innings, and Buck Rogers came up to me and he says, Hey, Augie, he said, you've done a great job. You've exceeded your pitch count that you did last time by about eight or nine pitches. I'm going to tell you what. I need to get a certain guy an inning. I need to get him an inning tonight. Would you mind? I, I looked at Buck. I said, that's okay. The satisfaction of what you accomplish is so important for a pitcher. I think Corbin Burns is going to think about, yeah, I had that opportunity. But in the end, when you talk about the big picture, it's not about that individual thing. It's about the team thing. And the team thing is playoffs. Being strong for the playoffs. Stay in your routine. We have an opportunity to do something special that the Brewers haven't done since 82. This team is making history. We should enjoy it. Every day they go out, they do something special. But I think right here, Craig Council was thinking a team, and I think Corbin Burns was thinking right along with him. And here, let me be really clear. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have on whether or not Corbin Burns should have come back out for the ninth inning. I've got no problem having that conversation. And if somebody calls up and says that he absolutely deserved to come back out in the ninth inning, I can I can understand that vantage. Why I got frustrated with Mike is because he wants Craig Council fired for not allowing uh, Corbin Burns to, to come back out for the ninth inning. Whether you agree or disagree with the decision not to let him come back, in no way, shape, or form, Form, is it a fireable offense, first off? And I, to, to go that far, I, I really don't like. I think we're going to hear from a lot of people tonight who really wish that Burns would have come back out for the ninth inning. I don't think people are going to say that Craig Council deserves to be fired because he did not do it. And the other thing that we do need to remember is the health and safety aspect of all this, where you, you're pushing a guy in innings pitched, and if you if you feel like there is a chance that you are putting them in danger, where something bad could happen to their arm, you know the last thing you want is for him to come back out and and get injured, whatever it might be, because his arm has been pushed too terribly far than 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 it should have been. You know, if you to put the and I hate putting it into like regular person terms because these are high level athletes and you can't really compare them to like the regular person, but if you are sitting on a bench press machine and you just keep going over and over and over and over and over, eventually at some point in time, you're not going to be able to go anymore and you may end up injuring yourself. Like it's that kind of idea. That's a, that's a really bad analogy because, again, I'm talking about just some regular Joe compared to a professional athlete. But you do need to be cognizant of the pitch count and the implications that it could have on the health of the player, especially when the team is trying to accomplish uh, what this team is trying to accomplish. So I don't have an issue with Mike's thought that he should have come back out for the ninth inning. I think it's a conversation worth having. I have an issue with him thinking that it's a fireable offense. To me, that is crazy, and quite honestly, it riled me up a little bit. Let's go to James on the west side of Milwaukee. James, you're on WTMJ. Oh, my God. After that last conversation, everything I was going to say is gone out of my mind right now. Because I'm going to say this. I thought he should have come out. I thought that he deserved to come out. I thought the man 
especially what's going on, you know, uh, we already won our division. We, they ain't going to take it from us. So now here's the thing. I think it's what everything is going to be from the last week on to the end of the year is men trying to make contact as hitters. And I saw tonight guys going when they were doing that shift and they were putting that ball down the third baseline. It was killing me. It was killing me because this is what you'd be doing all the time. And now I'm seeing these pitchers. I think pitchers should be doing, uh, they should all be getting stretched out a little bit, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the longer they pitch, because once you get into that postseason, what you want is a man that can pitch a little bit longer. You want a guy that maybe can pitch a complete game or at least eight innings. 110, 115 pitches. We don't want no 140 pitches and hurt a man. But you know, tonight I'm saying, I wish, I wish he would have come out and we'd have had Hater ready. But I also gotta say it's this: when I saw my man Kane make that play out there and shake his head, I was going crazy. The Brewers are the team; they got it going tonight. I also want to say this one more time. I think that we need to stretch our players out a little bit longer on the mound only for that reason. Because in that postseason, you really do need to have those guys go a little bit longer, and this is the time to get them ready. We don't want them, like I said, going to 140, 150, 160 pitches. I'm an old man. Now, I remember when the Milwaukee Braves were here in Milwaukee, and I saw... I saw Warren Spahn uh, one time at the stadium and one time on the radio I listened, but he pitched a no-hitter, and then he pitched another no-hitter within six months. Now, there's a special thing going on here. We only had this happen one time. Now, this is the second time. I'd have loved to give that man that opportunity. James, what, what number of pitches would have you been comfortable with him going to tonight? Please, let me finish what I'm saying. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt him. And now you understand what I'm saying. I would have loved to have seen him do it, and I would have given him the chance. But if you're going to get hurt, no, you're absolutely right, man. James, what's what's the number? Yeah, I got you, and and I appreciate your passion. I love it. Uh, What was the number? What would have you been comfortable with from a pitch count for him tonight? I would have had him come out there, and if you would have pitched about another 9 or 10 maybe 12 balls, because he was pitching good that way, I think everything would have been good. And I might have even gone if he would have got the first two guys out, and then he would have had, let's say he had, let's say he pitched nine or ten pitches to get the first two guys. I would have let him go to try and get that third man. But if he is fighting, if he is fighting, and the guy is following him off, I think maybe then I would have said, Okay, man, give me that ball. Good night. You were the greatest that we've had in 30 years. And good night. All right, James, I appreciate the phone call. And again, I love your passion. Augie, could you? So Corbin was at 115 pitches. Could you imagine, Augie, if we were doing this show right now and the way James played it out, if it would have gone down that way, where maybe he would have thrown another 10 pitches to get the first two outs, he gets to like 125 pitches? And at that point, Council comes out with one out or two outs in the ninth. Can you imagine the reaction we would get on that? 
It's, it's unbelievable. I, I tried to get in on you a little bit before, and I apologize for that. But let me just say one thing. One of the toughest decisions made in the game of baseball comes from a manager when you have to take someone off out of a game that's doing very well. It is extremely difficult. Uh, while I was at UWM, in order to go to the NC2E tournament for the first time in 50 years on a Division One level, we, I had to make a really tough decision on a pitcher. It was grueling. It's worse than being bases loaded, bottom of ninth, three and old count. It's worse than that. And that and that's what's go, what Craig was going through. But the end result is you got to think about the big picture. What follows from here? Corbin Burns was awesome for for eight innings. Yeah, last time, last inning, they put the ball in play a little bit. But it's still a very tough decision. And I just believe that he made the right decision. I think bringing Josh Hader is exactly the right decision. And I think now Corbin Burns and Josh Hader have something special that they have done in Major League Baseball that not a lot of people do. And that's a great memory. And that that deserves all the accolades that we can give these guys what they did tonight. All right, we got a ton of people who are still on hold. Hang tight. We will get to you. This is one of those nights. It's a lot of fun conversations to be had. The Brewers, a combined no-hitter tonight. Corbin Burns takes the first eight. Josh Hader takes the final one. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they, they defeat Cleveland in the process. We'll continue on in just a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. The 1-1. Swing and a line drive right center field. Kane made the catch. Oh, what a play by Lorenzo Kane in right center. A headlong dive. And he preserves the no-hitter through eight innings. There's always one play that you'll always remember in the special nights. That one was it from Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. What a win tonight. The Brewers get the combined no-hitter. Corbin Burns, eight no-hit innings. He issues a walk, nothing more. And you got uh, Josh Hader taking care of the ninth inning. Welcome back into the program. I'm Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It is a supersized edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, you only get a no-hitter once every, uh, what, 30 years or so? So we'll uh, we'll take this one a little bit longer tonight. Night, taking you all the way until 10 o'clock. We'll get back to the phones. Dan is in Milwaukee. Hi, Dan. You're on WTMJ. Hi, guys. Hey, I want to say, you know, of course, what's been said before has changed my what I'm going to say a little bit. But, you know, uh, you know, I'll say to Jerry, I say, Jerry, gosh, I'm I'll, I'll admit I'm a little disappointed. Let's go back to traditions of baseball. You give a man a chance to get a no hitter. I know it's not a team thing, but it's a no hitter. And First of all, you guys are assuming that Greg Council made the decision on his own. Did he ask Corbin Burns, do you want to keep going? Do you know that? You don't know that. So maybe uh, he asked and he said I, no. Well, this is what I do know, Dan. I know that Corbin Burns and Craig Council had a conversation prior to the eighth inning, and Council was ready to take him out in the eighth, and Corbin fought his way back to the eighth inning, knowing that that was going to be it for him. Well, okay, and that might be. But here's the point is you give the guy a chance. You, you put him in there because you know. And, look, I understand it's a team sport, but you give a guy a chance to up himself, increase his own value, which helps the Brewers. And you know what? You give him that chance, he gets one hit. One hit. First pitch, one hit, you take him out. Nothing lost. 
but to take it away from them completely and somehow twist it around. And I think most of the callers are going to share this opinion with me. You twist around saying, oh, gosh, you know, he, he had so many, so many pitches. Jerry, you know better that look, look in the old days how many pitches guys went through. To get a no-hitter, you go to 120 easy. But all you need to do is put the guy in. If he, gets, if he gives up at one hit, take him out. Then you know it would never have happened. Now we will never know. And it was, he was robbed, and that's a, a poor decision. I'm happy about the Brewers. The Brewers are great. That ridiculous first caller about firing counsel is so ridiculous. You spend too much time on him. But the point is, you've got to give the guy the chance and offer it to him, and I'm sure he would have taken it, and throw a pitch, throw two. He, he could, theoretically, nine pitches, he's got a no-hitter under, no under his belt. What a great thing. What a great thing for him. What a great thing for the Brewers. To do that just to capture a win with a 3 nothing lead, I think – bad decision and i'm sorry i would have done it differently and that is a mark against great counsel great coach and all but i think a lot of the callers are feeling the way i do all right dan i, I appreciate the phone call again i appreciate the passion augie uh, here when he finished the eighth inning i'll be honest i was i was kind of hoping i no, i wasn't kind of hoping i was hoping that he would be given the opportunity to come out for the ninth inning that was my hope but at the same time, and I'm not trying to just repeat everything that we've already said, while I may have been hoping for him to come out for the ninth inning, I also understand why he didn't. I think that's the one thing I want to hear from folks is even if you think he should have come out for the eighth, I think there also should be an understanding of the sound reasons of why he didn't come out for the ninth, if that makes sense. I agree with you. I, you know, Dan, could he have gone out for the ninth inning? There's no question. No question. Uh, Anybody in their mind who's got a no-hitter going through eight innings that can raise their arm above their head and throw the ball towards the plate can go out and pitch in the ninth inning. But there's a this is something different. He's got extended a little bit beyond what he's what he's what he's gone in the past. And there's a bigger picture here. You stay in a routine. You can't change a routine. I'll tell you one thing. If in the end of October the Brewers hoist a, a, a little little thing up in the air, and it's the World Series championship, you may ask the same question then. Was that a good decision or a bad decision? And that's why I said it's so tough with Craig Council. I know you guys disagree with him, but it is the hardest decision to make. And I think what Craig was doing, he was doing the best for Corbin Burns in this situation. Do I think Corbin could have gone out there and pitched a great ninth inning? Absolutely. Do I think he could have possibly had a no-hitter? Absolutely. Do I think making the move to bring in Josh Hader? Absolutely. The best pitch, one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Nobody, I would rather finish a game than Josh Hader. I just think for this situation right now, the way it was, game was going, it's just you got to look at that big picture. And I, I keep hate bringing that up because I still believe that he could have gone out there. But I really believe that this is going to pay big dividends as we go down the road. John is in Portland, Oregon. Hey, John, thanks for uh, holding. You're on WTMJ. Hey, guys. Um, Augie, you know what? I, I kind of tend to relate to you a bit. But, however, I mean, we are talking about a pitcher that has 14 strikeouts in eight innings. He's going into the ninth. There is, I mean, there's 100. In 22 
strikes that you could possibly pitch. And he had them. He was right there. The one thing that I would say as well is that there is no commitment to any Brewer player across the board that they have to commit to anything. Why? This is a special season, Augie. I was there. I was 11 years old in 1982. I lined up and got Pete Vukovic's autograph and Paul Molitor's and Robin Young's. You jumped in a van, I think, back then. I would love to hear from you about that, by the way. With Moose Haas in his 70s van. But this is one that you give it to him in the last shot. You just give it to him. Give him a shot. Why not? Let's take everything out of it. Let's go back to history and think about it and love it. And this is wonderful. But I think that he should have been welcome to that last inning. Bill Schroeder was announcing the game. He was the Juan Nieves catcher. He wanted that one. Oh, my God. I'm going to. Uh, John, appreciate the phone call. I think we lost you there. Uh, I, I think a lot of the, what his final statement there, Augie, I think we can all agree with this, and we got a break for news, and we'll continue on after news here in a moment. But uh, the, the final statement there from John was he wanted that one. We can all agree that whether it was the right decision, the wrong decision, I think most Brewers fans were sitting there wanting it for Corbin Burns. It just uh, seemingly was not meant to be. And, look, the other side of this is, and you can never make decisions solely uh, in in fear of something bad happening. Like, that's just a bad way to live life where you're making decisions trying to avoid bad things. But could you imagine how what this show would be like right now if Burns was allowed to go back out at 115 pitches, more pitches than he's ever thrown in his career, and he would have come out due to injury? Like, could you imagine um, what people were saying would be saying in that situation? And there's no, you know, that, that may have happened, that may not have happened, probably would not have happened. But it was, again, health and safety does absolutely play into this. You know, you know, Matt, I know guys are coming, a lot of people are disagreeing with me. And believe me, if it were me, I'd want to go out there. There's not a pitcher alive that doesn't want to go out and pr- get that opportunity. Uh, and and I agree with every all our callers. It's that's what's great about this game. We can sit here and talk about it. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. How much is this going to help Bernsey or is it going to hurt Bernsey? He should have gotten the opportunity. She should have got the opportunity. We don't know what that outcome is yet. But the the constant thing we have to think about this organization wants to do something very special this team is doing something they're making a history that we haven't had here in milwaukee for forever even more so than the 82 team that went to the world series so i think they're just staying within their within their 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 areas what they want to want to accomplish and they don't want to change them and they want to stay in that routine i thought the decision extremely tough but in a, if it were me, I'd want to go back out there. I still believe Craig made the best decision. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Don't go anywhere. We've got another hour of this, taking you until 10 o'clock tonight after the Brewers have a no-hitter for just the second time in franchise history in a victory over the Cleveland Indians. The news in two minutes. We're back after that here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 1-2 coming. 
Struck him out swinging. 14 strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Pure gas on the inner part of the plate. And Bradley overmatched. One out here in the eighth. A historic, an absolutely historic night in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers. Just the second ever no-hitter. It was combined. I do think this, like the one thing that's a little bit disappointing here, like I get people being frustrated about Corbin Burns not coming out for the ninth. It's okay to be frustrated about that, but at the same time, be really happy and appreciate the fact that the Brewers threw a no-hitter. Just the second time in franchise. I feel like that's getting lost in this. Is Even if there's frustration, frustration is warranted. Even if there's frustration, enjoy and embrace, I would think, what uh, what happened on the field uh, tonight. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, still here. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue to uh, take some phone calls. We'll get to the texts and tweets. we got a lot coming in, we promise. Uh, we'll get to those here uh, in the next little while. But we'll go to uh, Sparky in Madison. Hi, Sparky. You're on WTMJ. Uh, hi, Matt. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, I guess I'm disappointed, but that's the, the big picture is they won, right? I mean, that's more important than anything. But uh, I guess the question I have for Augie is, you know, in all the years I've been watching baseball games and going to the ballparks, I don't recall uh, nowadays you know how many pitchers the pitchers throw, and they have, they have that pitch count up on the scoreboard there. And I don't think, and I could be wrong, uh, I don't recall that being – in play when you played. And I guess what I'd like to ask you is when you came off the field in between innings, uh, did you know that they say, okay, Jerry, you've thrown 74 pitchers, uh, 82 pitchers. Was that something that was talked about in your day when you played? Because I don't think, like I said earlier, that uh, the pitch counts, the fans did not know the pitch counts at all. So could you maybe just comment on that a bit, please? You know, back when I back when I played, really the pitch counts you didn't really understand the pitch counts or have knowledge of your pitch counts until after the game, and you went and looked at your chart and see the way the game went. Uh, that was pretty much it. But pitching has changed so much; it's so unique. We have so many different areas of pitching now that that make that helps pitchers stay healthy longer. I think one thing they found out in the game of baseball is guys who wear out as you go through the season, when you get in that 32, 33, 34 start, some of the guys get wore out and then it gets to the postseason and they just don't have that good live arm that they have. And I think that's what the Brewers are doing. It's one reason they went to six starters. But you now you have your setup guys, you have your middle inning guys, you have your, your uh, uh, guy who pitches the eighth and then your closer. This specialization in pitching has changed the number of pitches that you throw. It, it keeps everything at a, at a certain level that says, you know what, I'm going to pitch so many pitches per game, and that's going to help me stay stronger longer. Another point I want to bring up is this starting rotation that the Brewers have right now in the top three starters have never pitched a full season in the big, big leagues. They've never had 32, 33 starts in the big leagues. This is new territory for them. So when you make decisions on pitchers in games, you really have to think about not only the postseason, but the strength of these pitchers, keeping these, these pitchers strong throughout the year. And I think that has a lot to do 
with decisions that are made. It has a lot to do with how many innings guys go. So it's going to be really interesting down the down as we head into the to the last couple of weeks of the season and how Craig Council uses his pitching staff because his number one goal is I need to have my pitches strong. I want everybody a hundred percent. And and so I, I think and I think by coming out coming out tonight and taking Corbin out of the game was one of those signs that he had, that he used. All right, let's go to uh, John in Milwaukee who has given us a call. Hey, John, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks thanks for the call, man. Hey, Augie. Um, yeah, I just do not agree at all with pretty much everyone who's called in thus far. In my mind, there's only one objective right now, and that is postseason. Um, I mean, obviously we all want a Corbin to be able to have that opportunity for the no-no by himself, but, like, yeah, I just I just think there's there's one objective. I trust Council to be able to manage the team. I think um, if he's managing the clubhouse well, then every player on the on the roster is also kind of heading toward that one objective of postseason play, winning a World Series. I think as much as a pitcher, and I, I mean can't say personally, obviously, but I would think that as much as a pitcher like Corbin uh, would want to be in that position, he would want that much more to be in a position on a team level to be able to win World Series. I do think that, you know, extending him another inning would have, would have put him in the risk category. And if I'm Craig Consul, that, that's my number one priority, um, taking care of the team, making sure we're fresh for the postseason. Uh, I'll just add, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. Um, I think it's important as well to, to be able to kind of be in a peak position going into the postseason. Um, I know we're playing good ball right now. I'd be curious to know what you think, like whether, you know, how much that plays, whether we're peaking at the right time type of thing. But, yeah, I just completely agree with the decision. Uh, happy for Corbin, but completely agree with Craig Council. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah John, appreciate it. And to that point, Augie, I would suspect that they're going to take the foot off the gas a little bit here with Corbin over the next couple, two, three starts where, you know, maybe they give him a 75-pitch outing or an 80-pitch outing. He threw a career-high 115 pitches tonight, as you just mentioned a moment ago. He's at a point from an innings pitch perspective that he's never been at in his career. So to hit a career-high in pitches thrown in a game at the same time hitting a career-high in innings pitched I think that can be a little bit of a danger territory and maybe taking the foot off the gas here with them for the next couple starts might make a little bit more sense before, you know, getting one final ramp up right before the postseason. I agree with you. Uh, you know, this is this is a really special time. This is a, a, a time with, uh, with a team that's making so many special things that we can remember about a, a year that's been so much fun after we didn't have fans in the stands last year. This is so special. And I think I think Craig has, had, has, has got his, his diagram out there. He's got a certain way he wants to go. I agree with you. I think they're going to take the foot off the pedal with some of the starters, get him ready for the postseason. And let me just finish up. One thing here, Matt, the guys who called in tonight, that is awesome. I love this stuff. Matt, I know you love it. I love this stuff. We got guys talking about it. We could go both ways. He could have gone out there. He could not have. He maybe shouldn't have gone out there. But we're talking about it. And that's the one thing that this Brewer Ball Club is doing for us. They're doing so many special things. They allow us to talk about the game of baseball and the joy we're having with this 2021 team. Yeah, absolutely. These are other than the guy who wants Craig Council fired. I've enjoyed these uh, these conversations so far. Uh, Chris in Milwaukee has given us a call. Hi, Chris. You're on WTMJ. He, he wants 
He wants to fire Craig Council? Who did I miss? The star idiot in, in all of Milwaukee? I have been watching Brewers since I was a nine-year-old boy when they came over from Seattle, the pilots. And I have never in my life been this excited about a pitching staff. I mean, this is – I can't tell you I'm – I'm on uh, laughing gas or something because look at this three or almost five pictures on a sub 2.0 ERA. This is crazy. You know, this is a once in a lifetime. Um, so uh, we've got the perfect coach to manage this and the perfect coach to get us to a, a very rare occurrence in baseball is, is to win the World Series. I mean, it doesn't happen <laughs> hardly ever. And this is our time to support them and enjoy the heck out of this because we might never see another season like this in the rest of our life. Yeah, uh, great, great call, Chris. And when you talk about, you know, right now they are on pace for the most wins in club history. Right now they have a, they are further above 500 than they've ever been in club history. Right now they have a bigger lead in the division than they've ever had in club history. So, I don't think it's hyperbole when Chris says you may never see a season like this again in your lifetime because what's happening right now has never happened in your lifetime uh, with where this team is at right now. And I think that shouldn't get lost on people. What's happening right now is is historic in nature, Augie. You know what? It is, it is really historic. If I take you back to 1982, think about that ball club. We have two Hall of Famers, Raleigh Fingers and Don Sutton, Hall of Fame pitchers. We have a guy who won the Cy Young and Pete Vukovic. Just the year before that, we had a guy out of the bullpen named Raleigh Fingers that won the Cy Young and the MVP uh, of that short strike-shortened year. That is extremely special from a pitching staff. Those are honors that you don't see every day. I am as excited about this pitching staff, this young pitching staff that has gone out, has taken a bull by the horns, and has just gone out and done some special things. Each and every night that we talk, Matt, we're talking about something special that a pitcher does. Each and every night we go out, we see a pitcher that goes out and just gives it his best. Does it always work out? No. But I'm going to tell you what, this pitching staff has done something special. I, I know what I said about Raleigh and Don Sutton and Pete Vukovic being two extremely great pitchers on a one staff, two in the Hall of Fame. But I'm going to tell you what, this pitching staff is pretty special. And they've done some things that I think we can talk about for a long time. Tim's in Milwaukee. Hey, Tim, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt. Augie, thank you. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are talking tonight about tradition and um traditional approach to letting a pitcher complete a no-hitter. And, you know, and I've been there. I was in County Stadium when Bernie Brewer finally came down from the Chile after we finally drew 40,000 people in 1970. I was in County Stadium when Nolan Ryan got his 300th win. Um, I watched Robin Young dive to save Nieves, no-hitter. And I get that. But I tell you, the thing is that nobody has been standing in that dugout watching Corbin Burns every single day, watching him pitch, seeing what he can do, knowing what his arm looks like, feels like, beside Council. And Council is considered, and I believe it, 
the bet one of the best manager of pitchers in the league, if not the best. And so, for us to doubt him at this point, when we're at our high water mark ever of games over five hundred, our high water mark ever of games in the lead in the Central Division of the National League seems silly to me. Um, we've got we're going to face a Dodgers team in the postseason, I hope, or the Giants, the Dodgers have a great pitching staff, and they've got a whole ton of money to pay for it. But we've got Craig Council, and he's going to manage this pitching staff, and he's going to put people in the positions that he thinks are going to win for us. And we are lucky that we have a man like this making these decisions. And thank you. Tim, great call. Fantastic call. And uh, I agree with Pretty much everything you just said right there. And, again, I'll say this about Craig Council because I always get frustrated when people um, don't, I think, appreciate him for how good of a manager he is. Go go read opinion columns from the other NL Central cities when they're playing the Brewers, and they regularly refer to Craig Council as one of the best managers in the game. Sometimes you don't realize what you have when you're really up close to it. And I would, uh, I would, I would strongly say that. All right, we, uh, we haven't even got into text and tweets. We've still got some phone calls on the line. Uh, we'll, we'll get to all this. So uh, we'll, we'll try to focus in on some of these texts and tweets coming up in uh, just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Brewers, second no-hitter in franchise history tonight. A special night all the way around. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and a bullet hit to center field. Straw back, still back. It's over his head and going to be off the wall. Colton Wong is going to be waved around third base. He's going to come in and score with ease. Yelich on his way to third. He's in with an RBI triple. one nothing Brewers. No hitter. Brewers throw one. Combined, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader. Second no-hitter in team history. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. We're going to be reliving this uh, with the highlights coming up in about 20 minutes. On nights like these, I, I strongly believe that everybody deserves a voice. That's why we've run through so many phone calls. We'll try to get to some more phone calls. Haven't gotten to the texts and tweets. Uh, I'm Matt Pauly, Jerry Augustine, former Brewers pitcher here as well. I want to just kind of read through some text, and we're, we're up against some time here, so I'm not going to be able to really respond to every single one. But, again, I think it's important that you as a Brewers fan, we get as many of you and your voice be heard um, here on this show. Joe in Bristol. Amazing pitching, superb defense, and hitting another series win, a masterpiece, and a historic win. What a night. Doug text in. This is another reason why Burns should be a Cy Young winner. This guy is the best pitcher in baseball. He could single-handedly win uh, that first playoff series with a couple wins. He is officially the number one guy. Nancy and Grafton. I was holding my breath after the seventh inning. Burns' pitch count was high. I understand the bigger picture for Council to take him out. When Hader came in, I closed my eyes and listened to WTMJ radio. It was a few seconds ahead of the TV. I have never seen a no-hitter. I couldn't wait for the final out. What a win. Uh, Mitch in Sturgeon Bay. Uh, Maybe... Anderson or Lauer goes out for the ninth. You cannot risk any of your big three, especially a hard thrower that you need for a deep playoff run by extending those guys that far past their pitch count. The goal now is to win the World Series. Stay the course. 
Jerry in Bayview says, uh, disagree with Mike and Fredonia. That was our first caller who was calling for Craig Council to be fired tonight. Kudos to Craig for letting Burns go eight. Jordan in Manitowoc. I might be the only one to say this, but I didn't even really like the fact that Burns went out there for the eighth inning. Looking at the seventh inning when he gave up the walk and was at 103 pitches, I thought he was coming out. At that point, I was getting a bit concerned about the pitch count. I get that he had a no-hitter going, but the Brewers need him to stay strong, and I just hope the 113 pitches he threw is not an issue uh, going forward. Let's see. Let's uh, continue. we got a lot of these. Um, Robert in Milwaukee. Burns is such a great pitcher that maybe he'll have another chance at a no-hitter. These other callers are forgetting this. Individual accomplishments are great, but the Brewers will need Burns in October. Uh, Doc in Caledonia. I thought they would have let Burns try the ninth, and if he got taxed, then bring in Hayter. I get why they didn't, though, because you have bigger fish to fry. The pitching on this team as a whole is amazing. Council and Stearns just keep pushing the right buttons. World Series contenders, how often have we been able to say that? Complete game or combined no-hitter is still a no-hitter. Um, Southside Chuck, I wanted to see Corbin pitch at first in the ninth, but the playoffs are right around the corner. These guys are now pitching fastballs 94-98, not 88-92 like the 80s. Maybe in May or June, but not when the playoffs are just a few weeks away. Um, let's see. Some, uh, some tweets. Pretending like it was fair to counsel to snatch the uh, chance for Burns to finish his game is an injustice to the Burns accomplishment. You at least discuss if the man thinks he has some, some stuff left. It's a mark against counsel he has to live with. My question would be, do you, you don't know what the conversation was in there uh, for sure. So um, that was part of it. Uh, let's see, Tom tweets in, do you think Burns pitches a perfect game with a perfect game on the line? I'm more than thrilled with the combined, but wonder what would have been. That's an interesting one, Augie. If it's a, uh, if it's a perfect game and not just a no-hitter, do you th- I don't think that changes anything in the ninth, but I guess you never know. It's, it, that makes the decision even tougher. I, I don't care what anybody says. Perfect game is that you. That's so almost unheard of. Uh, that would have made the decision. It would have been interesting what Craig would have done. And uh, uh, I think that w- I'm glad we don't have to talk about that because it would have. It really would have been extremely tough. And it would have been a for myself. I know I can tell. Like I tell all the callers, if it were me, I want to go out there. I want to be in that game. But we're tapped, we're talking bigger picture. James tweeting in, says, playoffs more important, pitch count too high, don't blow them out weeks before legitimate World Series aspirations. I have no problem with this. Mike is on the east side. He has given us a call. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Mike, you got us? So, yeah, I didn't right, expect to be on so quick. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of shocking. But, uh, yeah, a few things that i got to say. Uh, yeah, would I have loved to have seen him come out? Yeah, I would have. I would have put him out there. Um, if there was a chance that he was going to get hurt, no. But at the same time, you know, counsel, I know you're going to fire counsel. I disagree with a few things he's done. I, I really have. The man is doing a great job. But Stearns, Stearns is the man that built this team. And this year, with the pitching that he had, and we had no hitting. Look at the hitting. What's going on here? This is the greatest team. I mean, you know, it came out of nowhere. Um, I, I, I think that Stearns is the most valuable player 
in Milwaukee Brewers history. What do you think? Uh, I look. It's it's a team effort, and let David Stearns is an incredible president of baseball operations, and he deserves a lot of credit. And you know, this look. This also goes back to you know the uh, the investments that this organization has made. That pitching lab that they got down in Arizona, that thing wasn't cheap. That was not a cheap thing. That was not something that you could build on the cheap. The technology, everything going on behind closed doors down there that allow these pitchers to be their best self. You know, the the guy at the top and Mark Atanasio had to write a check for that one. And, and David Stearns has to find the right guys. And Matt Arnold is right there with him. And, and Craig Council does a great job of managing games. He also does a great job of creating a clubhouse environment. Um, Augie, it's tough for me to say which one of these pieces is more important than the other, but I think the key thing is that the Brewers have a lot of really good people doing what they do best, all doing a good job right now. Yeah, it starts at the top with with David Stearns and Matt Arnold. They do such an excellent job. They're so thorough. They understand what they need. They're able to go out. They don't leave any stone unturned. They're always working to get better and better. Uh, I got to see David the other night, and I just said, we got a little bit to go, and he just smiled. He said, yes, we do. And, you know, these guys understand it. Craig's done an awesome job. Like you said, he's one of, he's a great handle of pitchers. I want to give a little bit of credit to Chris Hooking and Steve Carson. They have done an excellent job of with this pitching staff, keeping them focused, making them understand uh, what the goal is at the end of the year, and uh, they've done a great job. So when you start from the top, it goes all the way down to the to the coaching staff, and then the players have to execute, and this organization this year has just done an outstanding job. We're going to hear the post-game to manager Craig Council in a moment. Let's grab one more phone call, though, before we do that. Max is in Milwaukee. Hey, Max, you're on WTMJ. Hi, I'd just like to say a lot of people calling in were upset about Burns being taken out. I feel like people lose sight of the fact that this is a team game where individual accolades are, you know, put on a, a pedestal, so to say. But we're 13 games over 500. we We're eight games away from winning the division and being the second seed in the playoffs. I don't think you risk Burns getting hurt or whatever could have happened in that bottom of the ninth, just so that he gets an individual no-hitter, which really helps him, but it doesn't help the team. And Council, I think, is focused on putting the best team out there. And if you look at this ball club, you can see that they're all pulling for each other. And, you know, it's, it's not about what one individual does. It's about what the team does as a whole, especially when you see players in slumps. They're they're still out there pulling for everyone, pulling for other guys, and I mean I think it was a great decision. Appreciate the phone call and thanks so much for uh, listening, Augie. We'll, we'll kind of uh, we'll let you go here in just a moment, but let's finish uh, with this: the Brewers' magic number. The Cardinals beat the Reds tonight, so the Brewers' magic number it is down to seven. Special, special. You know, you look at, you know, I've been saying it a number of times, you think about history, and history is something you read about, and then you learn about and you discuss it, and then you go out and make it. The 1982 Brewers were something special. They are our history. But this 2021 baseball team, Milwaukee Brewers, is doing something very special. And tonight was just an added ingredient on how, how neat this season has gone. This is special. Let's enjoy the rest of the season. We're going to relive this game with the highlights coming up in about 10 minutes. But first, what did Craig Council say about the decision to pull Corbin Burns after eight innings? We'll find out in just a moment here on WTMJ. 
Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Ramirez flat out to center back in the first. The pitch, and it's a call. Third strike with another changeup. Burns with two more strikeouts. He has nine in the game now. It's an Acunet Mortgage rock-solid strikeout. Another one, two, three for Corbin Burns. Second no-hitter in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. Corbin Burns goes eight. Josh Hader finishes it off. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ following another special night. You know, this is this is really cool. I'm just thinking, just, uh, you know, as the night goes along and I kind of reflect upon things, in the last week, we watched Daniel Vogelback hit the first ever pinch hit walk-off Grand Slam in the history of the organization and only the eighth walk-off Grand Slam ever. And then not even a week later, the second no-hitter and the first combined no-hitter in the history of the organization. While they do all these other things that they've never done before, their record opposed to 500, the, the win pace that they're on, where they're at in the division. This is awesome. I hope you're enjoying this. I really hope you're enjoying this. Gosh, I, as somebody who loves the game of baseball as much as I love the game of baseball, and I just want everybody to love it as much as I love it, I really hope you're enjoying this. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media a little while ago, opened up talking about the pitch count uh, from uh, Corbin Burns. I wasn't nervous about his pitch count in the eighth, but I, but I thought to finish the game, we were going to have to probably go to a place that I wasn't comfortable going. Um, but I, I'm not going out there for the eighth. I wasn't, you know, that he, he was well within a good range to me and the way he was throwing the ball and kind of how all the innings had went. I thought he was, he was in fine position to do that. Um, and I, and I thought there was a chance that if the eighth went, you know, if he had a couple aggressive hitters and if the eighth went, re- eighth went really quickly, that, you know, maybe there's a shot. But, um, you know, I, it was it was just at a point where I think, you know, I, I we just had to put a bigger picture in our head a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on here. I think maybe in a different season there's that something different happens there. Um, but, um, you know, we, we have to understand what's going to happen for the next six weeks here and, and keep that in mind. Craig, we know how competitive and intense Corbin is. So what was that conversation like? Was he understanding in that moment? I mean, he was, he, you know, I think he felt good. And I, and I, he, he obviously was throwing the ball incredibly well. I mean, it was, it was a masterpiece. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think it was, it was a good conversation. Um, you know, he, he did, he did, you know, he's adamant about going out there for the eighth inning. And I had completely understood that. I think, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, he, he's going to, he's got a lot of innings ahead of him still this year, a lot of really important innings ahead of him this year. And I want to make sure that he's um, in, the, in the best possible position for those innings. So there, there was, he was, I mean, I think, you know, he, he wanted to go out there for sure. Um, but I think he also understood. Sorry. Um, those of us who grew up in the area have seen that play a million times with Robin Yount diving yeah. for the ball in the outfield and that. Did you the obviously the ending was different, but did you see some similarities there with Low Kane's catch? Yeah, I mean I, no, I mean the, when you just say it and when you say it it brings up memories for sure. Um but it yeah, remarkably similar. Um pretty pretty incredible actually. Craig, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that Corbin did this, right? I mean, you look at his season, his body of work, he's set a couple of incredible records. He's now one of the few Brewers pitcher ever to go to 200. He's going to push for the most strikeouts in franchise history. I mean, this is some kind of year he's doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is bigger. He's having a season that's bigger than just Brewer records. He's having a season that's historical in Major League Baseball. Um, so I, I think that that some of some of his statistics are historical in baseball. Um, the, the walks to the strikeouts is is, is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, the way he started the season season with no walk. So. He's having a special season. This is a special year, and um, you know tonight was um, you know a highlight of it for sure. But uh, this is this is a, a pitcher having an incredibly special season. Not to be lost in any of this, but Hater kind of had the you know, it's the dual pressure of uh, of the save and the no hitter simultaneously, which is a first even for him. Uh, how about the way he he finished that one off? Yeah, I talked to Josh about it. I asked him if it felt any different. Um, that than a, than a normal night, and he said it absolutely felt different. Um, you know, I, I think there was uh, there, there's just a little more there, um, but that's always a good that's a good thing. I think it's hard to throw something at Josh that he hasn't experienced, <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's good to feel things like that um, for someone like Josh. So um, he, he handled it remarkably well as he always does, and uh, we're, we're lucky to have. You know, I, that was that was part of it for me. Frankly, is that you know you're not knowing you're putting Josh Hader in that to finish it is is part of it. Um, not, you know, it's, a Burns and Hader no hitter for the Brewers is two names that deserve to be on deserve to be in a, in a no hitter. Uh, or, or I don't want to. They just they do they, for what they've done for this for this organization, and I, I think Josh's name associated with is is appropriate. You talked about Corbin, you know, in the year he's had. But when you look at the, you know, with Brandon and also Freddie, did you think a no-hitter maybe, you know, was inevitable at this point for one of those three with the way those guys have all been pitching this year? I, I did. We, we, I, I spent a lot of time standing next to Jason Lane in the dugout uh, with the defensive stuff. And we've talked about it all year. We've talked about it early in April. We talked about it when we had a bunch of, you know, one-hit games. Uh, yeah. You know that 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 first hit is is always something a little different, but it, you expected it to happen at some point. And then all the no hitters that happened in baseball this year, you, you you did expect it to happen at some point. I, I've told Jason a number of times it's going to happen. It's going to happen for us with one of these guys. They're they're, they're so good that it's going to happen for one of them. How's Telez feeling? Um, he he reaggravated the 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 knee that's that's bothered him from time to time this year. Um. So um, we are going to get an MRI in the morning, um, and we'll go from there. There were other things that happened in this game other than Corbin Burns and Josh Hader combining for a no-hitter. And when Telez stopped there, you know, rounding third to try to get back into the bag, you saw him grimace immediately and immediately grab his knee. You never want to make any assumptions about injuries, but it did not look great. Uh, how did this thing go down? Yeah, we're going to relive it. We're finally going to get to it. The moment you've been waiting for. Maybe you weren't able to listen or watch tonight. Maybe you watched and you want to listen to it. Whatever it might be, we're going back through the game with the highlights. That's next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. A three nothing shutout win of the Indians. I don't. I barely mentioned the score during this show because it's about the Corbin Burns Josh Hader combined no hitter pitching matchup. Burns on the mound for the crew. 
Zach Plesak, who a uh, sidebar has been the starting pitcher for Cleveland in each of their three games that they've been no hit this year. Uh, Zach Plesak getting the start for the Indians. The Brewers they would score first. Colton Wong leads the top of the first inning off with a walk. And then with one out, Christian Yelich is at the plate. Swing and a bullet hit to center field. Straw back, still back. It's over his head and going to be off the wall. Colton Wong is going to be waved around third base. He's going to come in and score with ease. Yelich on his way to third. He's in with an RBI triple. one nothing Brewers. They changed the ruling on it. It ended up being called a double with uh, Yelich going to third on an air in the outfield. I didn't like that call. It looked like a triple to me, but my vote doesn't count. Omar Nervaez then hits a sacrifice fly. It scores Yelich, and it makes it a 2-0 game. In the second inning, the Brewers add to their lead with one out. Daniel Vogelback gets a base hit, moves to second on an air in the outfield. So outfield airs and back-to-back innings for the Indians. You don't see that very often. Next hitter, Rowdy Teles. Two for four last night. Hits a bullet into right center field. That's down and going to be extra bases for Rowdy Teles. Vogelback comes in to score easily. An RBI double for Rowdy. It's 3-0 Brewers. All right, so that would be the scoring. Let's get into uh, the pitching as Corbin Burns was really, really good. Uh, faced the minimum in the first. In the uh, second inning, he is uh, facing Bobby Bradley with a one out. 0-2 on Bradley. There's a swing and a miss. Strikeout number 200 on the season for Corbin Burns. Finds himself an elite company in Brewers history. Four strikeouts of the first five hitters. Corbin Burns, just the sixth pitcher in franchise history with 200 or more strikeouts in a single season. Yeah, it gets kind of lost in this too, right? On the no-hitter, if, if there's not a no-hitter tonight, we're spending a lot of time talking about uh, Burns getting past 200 strikeouts. There it was. Next hitter is Harold Ramirez. Slider struck him out. Ramirez becomes the fifth strikeout for Corbin Burns. He has faced the minimum through two. Yeah, six outs, five strikeouts. Not bad. He continues to do his thing in the third as he uh, faces Austin Hedges, the nine-hitter, with uh, with two outs. 3-2 pitch. Curveball swing and a miss. He struck him out. Strikeout number seven for Corbin Burns. How about the uh, fourth inning as he has continued to face the minimum? With two outs, Jose Ramirez at the plate. Ramirez flat out to center back in the first. The pitch, and it's a call. Third strike with another changeup. Burns with two more strikeouts. He has nine in the game now. It's an accurate mortgage. Rock solid strikeout. Another one, two, three for Corbin Burns. He would have a 1-2-3 fifth, a 1-2-3 sixth inning. Uh, in the seventh inning for the Indians, new pitcher comes into the game, Brian Shaw. Here plays Zach Plesak. Plesak gave up those three runs in the first couple innings and then uh, really locked in after that. In the seventh inning, the uh, Indians finally get their first base runner. Miles Straw leads the inning off with a walk, so that uh, gets rid of the perfect game for Burns, and it brings up Bradley Zimmer. Three balls and two strikes on Zimmer. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He foul-tipped it into the mitt of Omar Narvaez. Got him with a cutter. That's another strikeout for Corbin Burns, his 12th of the night. It's an academic mortgage rock-solid strikeout. A ground out off the bat of Jose Ramirez moves a straw to second, and then that brings up Fran Mil Reyes. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. 
Narvaez applies the tag, and it is a Baker's dozen for Corbin Burns. 13 strikeouts through seven no-hit innings here in Cleveland tonight. And you don't really know at that point if he's going to come back out for the eighth inning because he was past 100 pitches. He does come back out for the eighth inning. First battery faces Bobby Bradley. One, two, coming. Struck him out swinging. 14 strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Pure gas on the inner part of the plate. And Bradley overmatched. One out here in the eighth. That would end up being his final strikeout of the day. 14, one off a career high. Next hitter, Harold Ramirez. And all set. Here's Burns, one and two on Ramirez. The pitch. Ground ball to short. Urias has it behind the bag. Throws the first in time to away. And then that would bring up a Wisconsin native in Owen Miller. The 1-1. Swing a line drive right center field. Kane made the catch. Oh, what a play by Lorenzo Kane in right center. A headlong dive. And he preserves the no-hitter through eight innings. There's always one play that you'll always remember in the special nights. That one was it from Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, that was it. That was the one. I'll be honest with you. Off the bat, I thought that was going to get down. But uh, lucky for the Brewers and for Brewers fans, Lorenzo Cain had something to say about that. A no-hitter through eighth. Corbin Burns was uh, told uh, as he went back into the dugout, nice job. The bullpen's going to take it from here. And that would be all-star closer Josh Hader. He comes in to pitch the ninth inning. The first batter he faces is pinch hitter Oscar Mercado. Hader's one-two pitch. To Mercado. Struck him out swinging, one gone. 15 strikeouts for the Brewers' duo of Burns and Hader. That would bring up Austin Hedges. Pitch to Hedges, swing and a pop up for his base side. Peterson dives, makes the catch, and the netting saved him in foul territory. Another spectacular play by the Brewers' defense. Yeah, just uh, just a fantastic play made. So two outs. The Brewers one out away from making history with just their second ever no-hitter and their first ever combined no-hitter. And the only thing left between the Brewers and that mark is Miles Strong. Hater ready to work. He's at the belt. Here's the stretch. The one-two. A swing and a miss. Narvaez blocks, throws to first. Peterson touches the bag. Ball game over. It's a combined no-hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns and Josh Hader do the job here in Cleveland. How about that? With the Brewer, with the win, the Brewers go to 88 and 55. The Indians they drop to 69 and 71. Winning totals for the Brewers: three runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave eight for Cleveland: no runs, no hits, two errors. They leave one. Winning pitcher Corbin Burns he goes to 10 and four. Plesac the loss he drops to 10 and five. Josh Hader. His 31st save of the year. The game lasting two hours and 39 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 20,100 folks at Progressive Field. Brewers get the win. They get the no-hitter. They knock off Cleveland by a 3-0 score. We preview the series finale and uh, might even get to another uh, couple phone calls and text messages before all is said and done. Brewers Extra Innings continues in just a moment here on WTMJ.
WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. This has been a fun show. Man, you get games like this, you get things that happen that are historic in nature. You have shows like this. Appreciate all the interaction. I think we read all the tweets and texts. There's a lot coming in. If you tweeted or texted and I didn't read your text, it was nothing personal. I just uh, missed it somehow, some way. Appreciate all the phone calls throughout the course of the last 90 minutes or so as well. After uh, the Brewers get just their second no-hitter in the history of the organization. Uh, and uh, no longer do we speak of uh, Juan Nieves and nobody else. Now we can add... Corbin Burns and Josh Hader into uh, that conversation as well. and uh, A fun conversation on whether or not Burns should have been allowed to pitch the ninth inning. Um, I understand people that believe he should have. There was a part of me that was really hoping that he was going to come out for the ninth and be given that opportunity. But at the same time, you understand why he didn't. And I keep coming back to health and safety. You never want to do anything, especially when you've got bigger fish to fry. And I realize there's not a whole lot of bigger fish than no-hitters, especially when the Brewers had the second-longest active streak in baseball uh, between no-hitters. And that, that ends tonight. Um, even, even when you have that being in the best possible place for the postseason, and that, for this team specifically, means your pitching being top-notch you understand why the decision ends up being made. Here's what has happened around baseball in terms of uh, National League playoff races. Cardinals beat the Reds today by a 6-4 score. Giants over the Cubs 15-4. Uh, in the NL Central, this doesn't impact the postseason, but it's a uh, NL Central score. Pirates over the Nationals 10-7. That's the opposite of impacting the postseason. The Marlins beat the Braves 6-4, and the Phillies beat the Rockies 6-1, so that's notable for the NL East. And then right now, they are in the top of the sixth inning, and the Dodgers lead the Padres by a 5-2 score. So the divisional races, Brewers now have a 13-game lead. That is a new high-water mark in terms of a uh, divisional lead. Brewers lead the NL Central over the Reds by 13 games. The Giants lead over the Dodgers at three. That'll either be uh, three and a half or two and a half, depending on what the uh, Dodgers-Padres game uh, finishes off with. But right now, the Dodgers are winning, and the Braves lead over the Phillies in the NL East. It is sitting at three and a half games as far as the uh, battle for the second wild card spot goes. Right now, the Padres have a half game lead on the Reds. If the Padres end up losing that game, uh, then it would be a virtual tie. Cardinals two and a half back. Phillies are three games back. Brewers and Indians wrap up the series coming up tomorrow. It's going to be Eric Lauer on the mound for the crew. Aaron Savali will get the start for Cleveland 12-10. That means coverage begins at 11:35, and you can catch tomorrow's game and Brewers extra innings over on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN.